How can I to be here? We've been so excited. We've been telling everyone we're going home, which is interesting after all these years, over 30 years since uh, we've lived in Wollongong. But for us, uh, when we speak about our home, where is our home, we say it's Wollongong because that's our spiritual home. It's the place where we, we struggled with the important issues of life. It's the place where we both felt the Holy Spirit just uh, transformed our lives and, and uh, started his work in our lives. So it's really good to be here. Thank you. We feel humbled by what's been said and we really thank you for the opportunity, um, Phil and Rebecca. Thanks for inviting us. So Mark spoke this morning about uh, the work of the Holy Spirit throughout uh, the scriptures. So what does the Holy Spirit do? So I need, a, I need a, somebody from the front row here. Can, who'd like to write on the board for us? We've, hopefully there won't be too many big words. Would someone come and write? We'll tell you what to write. Come on, Abby. Good work. All right. So we might, we might bring the board over a little bit. Just uh, Yeah, that's great. So what, what I want to know, so let's, let's list all the things that you know. What, what does the Holy Spirit do? Okay, so Abby's going to write. Good work, Abby. So yell, yell them out. What does he do? Sorry, big, big, big voices. Encourages us. Empowers. How are you going, Abby? Yeah, so encourages and empowers. Guides, did you get, did you get empower? That's it. All right. Uh, teachers, that's a good word, teachers. Another one? Whispers. Whispers. Urges, that's a good one. Hang on, we've got whispers, got to get whispers up there. All right. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Whispers, urges, got urges. And then we've got prompts. And the last one had three or four words. He brings order out of chaos. Now, that's didn't write fast for that one. Okay, someone else? Comforts, yeah. Okay, so brings order out of chaos. Chaos, yep. And then comforts. We'll have one more. OS on the end. So comfort and challenges. Is there anything you think we've forgotten? Heels. Yeah, okay. That's a good one. Challenges, comforts. What we missed one? Heels. And there was one over here. Convicts, yep. All right, so heaps of C O N. C O C O N over here. That's that's good. That's good. B I C. T-S. T-S. That's good. All right. So, so many things. Well done, Abby. Thank you. That was hard work. We'll just move that out, Mark. So, the Holy Spirit. So, when I look around this room, I see that uh, there are many, many people at different experiences in, the, in your Christian life and uh, different experiences of the work of the Holy Spirit. So, what does the Holy Spirit do? And we've got all these words and there's many, many more. And if we went around the room and heard about uh, the one thing, the, the, the main thing that the Holy Spirit's done in your life, there'd be all, the Holy Spirit is all things to all people. And he, he comes upon us in all sorts of different ways. 
And uh, I think the media clip that, we've, that uh, was shown last night and then this morning spoke about the Holy Spirit bringing life, breathing life, bringing life into creation and enabling us to be who and what God created us to be. When we were kids and uh, teenagers, probably more so, our parents used to say to us, when we're going out or going to an, uh, some sort of event or a camp, remember who you are and whose you are. Did anyone else's parents say that to you? Yes. Remember who you are and remember whose you are. Now, as officers' kids, there was a bit of pressure on us to, be, to behave. Not that we were perfect or anything, but, you know, our parents expected us to set good examples and, and it was more about not embarrassing them. So, <laughs> so remember who you are and whose you are. And I believe that's what the Holy Spirit's role is. The Holy Spirit reminds us who we are, who we are in Christ, who we were created to be. And whose we are, who we belong to. We're, we're children, we're sons and daughters of the King. We're sons and daughters of the Most High. So remember who you are and whose you are. The Holy Spirit empowers and equips us to live, live lives that are worthy of God the Father. He provides us with, with all that we need to be sons and daughters and, and to continue to grow like our Father. He convicts us of, the, of our, our choices. He challenges us, he leads us, he guides us. He empowers us. He reminds us. He assures us of who we are and whose we are. You know, in, uh, if you'd like to turn to John chapter 3, we're going to read uh, verses 3 to 8, John chapter 3. Now, this is a story about uh, one of the teachers of the law, a Pharisee, Nicodemus, and it's a well-known story from Sunday school. And uh, Nicodemus recognised that there was something different about Jesus. He said... He said, you'll notice in verses 1 and 2, that, that you've got to be from God. You must be from God because of what I see you do or what I hear you, what I hear you say. There's something different. This, this man of the law who knew, had studied the scriptures, you know, he knew what the scriptures were all about, yet he saw something different in Jesus' teaching and the way he lived, the way he treated people. So uh, he didn't come with a question. He just said, there's something about you. So, you've got to be from God. And this is Jesus' response. Would someone like to read verses uh, 3 to 8 from chapter 3 in John? Powerful scripture. You must be born again. We're all born once. We're all born, physically born. And there are people in this room waiting for the birth of their child. Uh, so we're all born and uh, we're, we're born physically. But uh, when we look at a baby, we, say, we don't say, fantastic, the baby's born, that's it, that's all there is to it. We, we look to see the growth and the development and the different stages in their life. It's not, it's not the end when they're born, it's just the beginning. It's the same with us when uh, we're born again, when the Holy Spirit does something new in our lives. It's just the beginning, just the beginning of what he wants us to do. Um, 
So when we're born into a physical family, you know, we're, we're born uh, and, and we develop and we grow. When we're born into the, into the family of God, it's a spiritual birth. We become more like God. We take on the characteristics of God. Uh, my parents again used to tell us that God doesn't have grandchildren. Uh, it had to be our, 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 we had to be children of God. It had to be our own decision. We had to be born into the family of God. Couldn't rely on our ancestors, you know, the, couldn't be a family business thing, you know, just because my grandparents and my parents are Christians, it makes me a Christian. No, it has to be me. It had to be God working in my life. I needed a personal relationship. So Jesus says in these, in these scriptures in John chapter 3, as well as physical birth, we also need a new spiritual birth. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit living within us, and Mark talked about provenient grace. God's already at work in us. It, uh, it depends on how much we allow the Spirit to work, how much we grow in the Spirit, how much we allow the Spirit to change us, equip us and empower us. And it's uh, the Spirit, when we talk about being born again, it's, not a, it's, a, it's a cliche and sometimes it's given a negative concept, but being born again means becoming more and more like Christ. It's the new creation. It's the new life, the, the, the life that God always intended for us. You remember when you first gave your life to Jesus or when you first asked Jesus to be your friend, to be your friend and saviour? I was about five or six. I remember coming and, and kneeling at the place of prayer and, uh, and uh, having someone pray for me. I remember sitting in the front seat, actually, you know, in the days when you were with Timberals, Timberal girls, and we all sat down the front. And uh, I remember um, saying to the, the lady next to me or the Timberal leader, Can, I want to go to the front, I want to go and pray. And, and she, she sort of discouraged me. She sort of said, oh, no, she thought I was too young. But... I think mum or dad must have seen my, my look and uh, encouraged me to come forward. And from that day, I really wanted to live like Jesus. I haven't been perfect. My sisters and brothers will tell you I'm perfect because they think I'm the goody-goody. But uh, it's not like that. I just have this strong desire to be God's child, to, to, to be what God wants me to be. And I don't get it right. Do you remember the excitement when you first asked Jesus to be your saviour? And so when we come to Christ, when we allow him to take full control of our lives, it's not the beginning. It's, it's, just, it's not the end. It's just the beginning. So today we're going to look at, in this session, what happens? What happens? And what does God do in our lives? So firstly, he, we become sons and daughters of, of God. We're sons and daughters of the Almighty. In Romans chapter 8, if you might like to turn to that chapter, Romans chapter 8, and someone read verse 1 for us. The Holy Spirit enables us when we're born again, born into the Spirit, we, we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2 probably. That's right. So we're free. We're free from the, the ravages of sin and death, from the, 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 from the con constraints of sin and death. We're free, free to live life as God intended us to be. We become sons and daughters and, and in, we inherit all that God has for us, every blessing. It's the highest privilege. Highest pri it's what we were created to be. It's who we were created to be. 
when we're led by the Spirit as children of God. We didn't receive a spirit that makes us fearful or timid. The Holy Spirit gives us a freedom. We're not slaves to fear, but we've received the Spirit and we become all that Christ wants for us. It talks about adoption. Adoption, the Holy Spirit enables us to be adopted into the family of God. Now, in, in the Roman times, uh, and in Paul's mind, ad- ad- adoption was one of the highest privileges. If you were in- adopted into a wealthy family or to a, into a family of, that had, the, had high status, then uh, you became, became someone of worth, someone of, of importance. You might have been adopted from, uh, uh, you know, sort of a, a, being an orphan or uh, from a family that had, had nothing. Yet you became part of this family and entitled to everything that this uh, family had to offer. There's a story told of a little boy who was being teased because he was adopted and he said to them, look, my parents chose me, your parents got lumped with you. (laughs) There's another story about a a fellow called Doug, Dougie at Maroubra, at the Maroubra Corps. This is a a fellow that if you walk past him in the street, uh, and we've talked a little bit today about, uh, you know, the opportunities for, for people to feel like they're welcome in the family of God. And Dougie, I don't know his background. I don't know what uh, his life's been like. But uh, his life's been tough for Dougie. But uh, he's become a soldier and he wears his uniform very proudly. He, uh, he found that he's found a place to belong at Maribri. He believes it's part of the family of God. And he wears his uniform everywhere. I'm not just talking about a T-shirt. I'm talking about his white shirt and his epaulets and his cap, uh, wherever he goes. And uh, one day Maribra uh, put on a picnic for the, the cadets we were having a retreat day and they, they catered for us. And uh, Dougie came along with Matt and Jacqueline and there he was in the park in his full uniform and cap uh, serving us. He's got such a servant heart. But uh, he's, he's found a place to belong. It's a place where he feels uh, important, a place where he feels he can contribute. He's part of the family of God. He's been adopted into the family of God. He's given purpose and meaning. In our world, people are looking for status. People are looking for being, you know, having, making it, you know, being seen to have made it. Well, Dougie feels like he's made it because he has purpose and he's, he's found meaning. In Christ and through the Spirit, we can, uh, we can find our purpose, find where we belong. We're adopted as sons and daughters. If uh, you go on to look at uh, the next verse, in verse 15, so... Uh, yeah, verse 14 was the highest privilege. I mean, that verse 15 talks about uh, this intimacy, a close intimacy with the Father. Now, would someone like to read that verse? So we're in Romans chapter 8. Someone like to read verse 15. Yeah, Abba, Father. In, uh, in the Aramaic, this is an Aramaic word, and uh, it refers to daddy. It's the, it's the word of endearment that children call their father. It's not a formal name. It's a name that, that uh, it's an intimate name, daddy, dad. And it's not a babyish name. It's the name that at, at all ages people call their father. And it's a word that you and I can call a heavenly father. God isn't a long way off. He's not a, you know, remote, unfeeling when, we, when we're sons and daughters of the Most High, we have this intimate relationship with God through the Spirit. We can call our Father Daddy, Dad. Now, for some, that's really hard. 
you know, it's difficult to, to think of God as dad or daddy and depending on your relationship with your own father, how that, uh, how that uh, happens for you. But uh, we have this intimate relationship through the spirit with God the father, God of the universe, creator, the perfect one, the holy God. God wants to have a relationship with us, the sons and daughters of the most high God. And Jesus called his father when he spoke about his father, when he, called, when he said our father, he was referring to our dad, our, our intimate relationship with our God. I don't know if you're a fan of the royal family. When my nana was alive, we thought that we were members of the royal family because she would have Princess Diana, her photo up on the uh, mantle along with the rest of us. She just loved the royal family. So we thought we were part of the royal family. We're not. <laughs> but, uh, I don't, you know, Prince Charles, he's got a stack of names, a stack of titles. He's called uh, he's, uh, Prince of Wales, the Duke of Cornwall, he's a Knight of the Garter. Imagine being called that. Uh, he's Colonel-in-Chief of the Royal Regiment uh, of Wales. He's Duke of Rossi. He's, oh, anyway, it goes on and on. He's the Admiral, the Rear Admiral of the Royal Navy. He's even got a Great Master of the Order of Bath. Now, I don't think that's about bathing. I don't think that's got anything to do with the bathroom, but bath. But, you know, all these titles, yet his kids, his kids call him Dad. To William and Harry, he's simply Dad because he has that... They have that relationship with their dad. Whereas uh, for you and I, we would call him your Royal Highness or whatever you call the uh, Royal Family. We would not be going calling him Dad. But with God, our Father, we can call him Father, call him Dad. Verse 16 goes on to talk about when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and he, we're adopted in the family of God, we become sons and daughters. It's a, it's a really deep experience, the deepest experience we can have. People are looking for a spiritual way to connect, looking in nature, looking in rocks, looking in all sorts of ways. We have it. We have it through the spirit. We have this uh, deep connection, this deep experience with God. Would uh, someone like to read that verse 16 in, in Romans chapter 8? The deepest experience, the Holy Spirit is testifying and saying, yeah, they're good people. They really are sincere in their desire to be Christians, to be sons and daughters of God. The Spirit testifies for you and I. The Spirit reminds and, 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 just, and is there standing for us saying, yeah, these people are good. These people really want to love and, and serve God. Do you remember when you uh, discovered, and I think Ray said this in your, in your testimony this morning, and... Uh, and Rachel also referred to, you know, you know God loves the whole world, but when you discover that God's love is just for you, that God loves you for who you are, he loves the world, but he also loves you and I. That's, a, that's an overwhelming, this deepest experience. God loves me. God loves me. And he, he wants the best for me. You know, as, as parents, grandparents, you know, when you want to express your love for children, we do it in all sorts of ways, don't we? We give them things, we speak words of encouragement, but one of the greatest things is like a hug. You know, when you hug your kids or hug your grandchildren, hug your nieces and nephews, you tell them that you really love them. You love them. And then uh, finally in verse 17, it's the greatest security. I just, uh, a moment ago I said when, when the Holy Spirit says these people are good, he testifies to us, that's a security. What does verse 17 say? 
So under adoption law, uh, an adopt, uh, under Roman law, an adopted son would be just like any other son. And I mentioned before, they're entitled to all the inheritance when the father died. This verse here reminds us that we're sons and daughters and we're heirs. We're heirs of all that, we inherit all that God has. And I love Ephesians where it talks about we, we, we're entitled to every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. That blows my, my, my little thinking away. I'm entitled to everything that God has for me. We're heirs. We're entitled to everything. And not just when, when we die, it was through Jesus' death and resurrection that, uh, that we're, we're co-heirs with, with the Father. We're entitled and, and heirs of the Father. But um, it's, it's for now. We can enjoy all the blessings of God right now. We don't have to wait for eternity, but it will be great in eternity. It will be great when we're promoted to glory and enjoy life everlasting. But we can enjoy all that God has to offer now. We don't have to live second-rate lives. We can live life everlasting, life to the full, as the, the tops here, uh, their, their slogan says. But there's, a, there's a, a good part and a bad part in that verse. Can you see it? We're heirs, we're heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. But, but only if you share the suffering. You've got to be prepared to share the suffering of God, the, the suffering of Christ, all that Jesus went through for you and I so that we could be free of our sins. We could know freedom and life everlasting. But there may be suffering. There may be times when we're, when we're persecuted and there are Christians all over the world being persecuted. There may be times when people misunderstand us, when people don't quite get why we're Christians. And we're, you know, it could be family members who don't quite understand. So there, there may be suffering. I mean, in Australia, it's hard for us to understand that. We live in such a great country. We can do whatever we like almost. But there may come a day when we have to suffer for our faith. But, uh, but the, the Holy Spirit will enable us, will give us the strength, give us the courage to, be, to do whatever comes because we're, we're sons and daughters of Christ, sons and daughters of the Most High. People are looking for security. We've got it. We've got it in, in, in Christ through the Spirit. The Holy Spirit provides the security that everyone else is looking for. All right. Well, how do we develop this relationship? The Holy Spirit helps and enables us to develop this relationship with God. The, the Spirit of God coming into our lives he enables us to be sons and daughters of, of the Most High. But uh, that relationship has to grow. We can't just say, well, we're, we're Christians and that's it. The Holy Spirit will do the rest. That's not the way it works. It's the Holy Spirit that enables us to grow deeper in our love, deeper in our faith, to, to, to take risks and be risk-takers for God. He wants us to grow. The Holy Spirit enables us. And if you look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18 reminds us that we have, ha have access to God in prayer. Would someone like to read that? Access to God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. So, Mark mentioned Jews and Gentiles. doesn't matter who we are, where we were born, what we look like. We all have access through him through Jesus. We're all equal. We're all one in, uh, in, in, through the Spirit. We have access to the Father through the Spirit. He enables us to pray, and you'll see up there, he enables us to pray. He helps us to pray. He helps us, he helps us to understand the Word. He helps us to understand what the, you know, the context of Scripture. He helps us to understand how 
it applies to us today, how we can live out the promises of God. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us to understand. Now, it's the Holy Spirit that breaks down any barriers and, and, and gives us complete access to the Father through prayer and through the Scriptures. Um, you know, my sister Wendy, many of you will know my sister Wendy and her husband Rod are also officers and uh, they're serving in Singapore. They've only just gone two weeks ago. Before that, they were in, Ru in uh, Russia and, and Moldova, Europe, Eastern Europe. So they've been away from the family for a long time. Their two kids now have, have kids. And uh, so they were really worried about how they would build this relationship with their grandchildren. They're all under five. So they didn't know. You know, they're so far away. It was 48 hours ride, uh, flying for them when they were living in Moldova. So they got on FaceTime. Amazing technology. Wendy and Rod connect with their grandchildren. Uh, they, they read stories to them. They look at their toys. They, you know, they have jokes with them. So that when Wendy and Rod come home, the kids know them. They might say, well, gosh, you're bigger than I thought you were or you've got legs. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but they, <laughs> but they know them, you know. They, they, there's this brilliant relationship. And FaceTime has allowed them access. There's no barriers. The, the, the distance isn't a barrier. They have access to, to their grandchildren. Their grandchildren know them. The Holy Spirit provides all that we need to know God the Father, to live like Jesus, to pray, to know that we don't have to go through another person to pray. We don't have to go to confession. We don't have to wait for the minister, for the officer on Sunday to pray for us. We have direct access. We can pray. We can read the word and discover so much about God. We can discover all that God wants us to be. His promises are for us. What about the family likeness? The Holy Spirit helps us to be, become like Jesus, to live like the Father. And as I look around this room, and uh, as you know, we've, we've been away on and off for 30-odd years, and I see our generation, and now I can start to see that I'm seeing the next generation, and I, there are times when I can pick out, uh, work out who you belong to, because uh, of, we look like our family, and look like someone in the family, and some of us more than others, but there's always a family likeness. I don't know if it's born that way. When Sarah was born, my mother said, gosh, she's like Mark. We've been trying to beat that out of her for the rest of her life, but that's right. But uh, when she opens her mouth, she, looks like, she sounds like the Woodbury's. So, yeah, so she looks like Mark's family, but sounds like us. But there is. There's a family likeness. We become who, like who we spend the most time with. I've got a question for you, just a challenge. Who do you and I look the most like? Who, do you, who are we becoming like? Are we more like our human family? Or are we becoming more like our Heavenly Father? Are we allowing the Spirit to, to transform us? Second Corinthians says, We who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. The challenge for you and I, is that true? We're being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The longer you and I are a Christian... Are we becoming more and more like the Father? Do people see Jesus in us? In the, in what, do they hear Jesus through what we say, what we do, how we treat each other? Galatians chapter 5. I might just uh, turn it up. We, we're not going to read it. It's a very familiar verse. Verses. Very, very familiar passage. It talks about uh, the fruit of the Spirit. 
this help. This is what we look like as sons and daughters of the Most High. This is what the Holy Spirit enables us. Helps us to be transformed, to be, to have the love of Jesus, the grace, the the joy, the peace, the patience. Have a look at that list. Wondering how that's going for you. How's it going for me? I've got a few in there that uh, I struggle with. Just becoming more and more like Jesus. We learn the Spirit to make us more and more like Jesus. I guess it depends on how much time and we're spending. Who are we spending the most time with? And, and that's who we become like. Look at that long list. So we've experienced, you know, when we've experienced the great love, the incredible love of Jesus, are we also reflecting it? Is the love of Jesus being seen in uh, what we do and who we are? Malcolm Muggeridge, who was an atheist, uh, for much of his life said, Joy is the most uh, characteristic and uplifting of the manifestations of conversion. Its rapture and its, and its inexpressible joy, which suffuses our whole being, makes our fears dissolve into nothing and our ex- expectations all rise heavenwards. He's saying joy, it's different from happiness. Joy lifts us beyond what's going on around us. enables us to feel the joy of the Lord even when life is really tough. Joy is different from happiness. But uh, we, people need to see the joy of the Lord. We live in a world where there's a lot of tension, a lot of frustration, a lot of uncertainty. We want to, people need to see the joy of the Lord in our lives. There's, uh, there are others who, and Mark mentioned, uh, that people that have been imprisoned and uh, people that uh, have spent many years suffering for their faith. Yet they, they say, someone once said, alone in my cell, cold and hungry and in rags, I danced for joy every night. Sometimes I was so filled with joy that I felt I would burst if I did not give it expression. How can you be joyful when you're in a prison cell? How can you be joyful when you're suffering, uh, your health suffering, or you, you lost someone, someone really close to you? How can you? How can you be joyful? Well, it's the joy of the Lord that's our strength, the joy that the Spirit brings to us, along with his peace. So how's the family likeness? Are you becoming more and more like the Father? Are you allowing the Spirit, you and I, are we allowing the Spirit to make us more and more like Christ? I had a couple of photos of of people who become like their dogs or their dogs become like them. They look like their dogs. Yeah, look, can you believe that? Well, I, I much prefer to look like God than look like my dog. That's amazing though, isn't it? How... How can that be? But I, I you know, I think uh, how wonderful that uh, people would say when they look at you and I, gosh, God doesn't, isn't, there's something about her, something about him. They look like the Father. They look like God. Okay, unity. The, the Holy Spirit brings unity to us as, uh, as sons and daughters, whether we're in the same church, congregation, same core, or, uh, and we've, we've talked about all different sorts of uh, denominations today in different ways, but it's an amazing thing. Jesus prayed that there would be unity in the church, not just our church, the whole church, the, the universal church. Jesus prayed that his disciples would be one, that they would be witnesses, that people would see Jesus through his people. Unfortunately, we've become silos and we work on our own and we think that we're better than everyone else, that our church has gone up made. Um, it's not, you know, we, we need each other. We need each other. If we're going to save the whole world for, 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 for God, if we want the whole world to hear about Jesus and the love of Jesus, well, we all need to be doing our part, regardless of what denomination 
regardless of what, uh, where we worship. We all need to, to be doing our part. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul writes in verses 3 and 6, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He brings unity through the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit, and just as you and I were called to one hope when, when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, we all serve the same God. So we all have a part to play in the, in the body of Christ. The Spirit lives within us. It depends on how much of the Spirit that, uh, that we allow him to work. In our vision statement, uh, that uh, in, a, in this coming week, uh, I think it's next week, uh, every corps in the Salvation Army in Australia for the next six weeks will be looking at the vision statement. Now, this vision statement isn't just something that uh, we made up sitting in a room. We interviewed, we, we had workshops, we did surveys. Is it over 2,000 people? Two and a half thousand people within the Salvation Army. That's Salvo Salvationists, people who work for us, people who volunteer for us, people who worship with us, had, had a part to play. And I hope you had a part to play in this because um, this survey, we asked people, what do you think? Who should we be? What should we do? What does God want us to do? And this is what, ha- this is what came from all of those surveys, all of those workshops, all of those interviews. Wherever there is hardship or injustice, wherever there is hardship or injustice, they're the people, those are the areas that God called us to serve as the Salvation Army, wherever there is hardship or injustice, salvos, which you and I, as we worship or work or volunteer, will live, love and fight alongside others to transform Australia one life at a time with the love of Jesus. Alongside others. We can't do it on our own. We need each other. We need the whole of the Christian church working together to transform Australia with the love of Jesus. So what we're saying as we move uh, as we, we, we look at what we're doing as a Salvation Army, we need to be partnering, partnering with community groups, partnering with people who do things better than us. We don't have to do everything, but we need to be working alongside each other, working alongside the other churches, working alongside others to transform Australia one life at a time. The Holy Spirit brings unity. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts and abilities. He uh, provides all that we need to love and serve him. And in this room... There are many different gifts, many different gifts, and we need each other. We need gifts to serve. We need gifts to uh, proclaim the message of salvation. And uh, if uh, we were to look at uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11, we're not going to read it, but uh, it names gifts that, that people in this room have. We're the body of Christ. We all have a different part to play, but the body's only going, going to work if we're all doing our part. Now, um, Rebecca's at a bit of a disadvantage at the moment. She has uh, a problem with her finger. So her body's not going to work to the full extent because her finger's damaged. She can't get that, that um, full strength out of that finger. Same with the body of Christ. If we're not all doing our part, we're not using our gifts and abilities, and whether it's gifts of service, gifts of prophecy, whatever it is, then we're really not working to our full potential. The Holy Spirit enables us to work to serve and uh, to work together. So, the Holy Spirit is given as gifts to work together. The Holy Spirit ensures that we know that we're sons and daughters of the Most High. He helps to grow more and more like Jesus. So 
it's not just for you and I to feel better about ourselves or to, to live life to the fullest just because it's us. It's not, it's not selfish. It's about sharing it. It's about giving. And uh, the Holy Spirit provides all that we need to be witnesses. And we talked about, we've spoken about Pentecost already. When the Holy Spirit came upon those men and women in, in, in Acts, life changed for them. They were so different. They, and, and, and Jesus reminded them to wait for the Spirit so you'd be witnesses. Witnesses about the love of Jesus. Witness, tell others, he said. The whole idea of us having gifts and abilities and being sons and daughters of the Most High is not to keep it for ourselves, but to share it. We're, God expects the family of God to be growing and increasing. I do get worried when I see the stats. I don't understand why our numbers are decreasing. The Holy Spirit's at work in our lives. And if we're, if we're all sharing the good news of salvation, if we're all sharing what God's doing for us, how come we're not seeing growth and development? How come we're not seeing people come to faith? We are. And I'm so encouraged to see so many new people here this weekend. But imagine the difference. Imagine if we were all... Um, if we allow the Spirit to work in us in incredible ways, that we spoke about our faith, that we showed the love of Jesus, we demonstrated the love of Jesus wherever we went, that people saw Jesus in us, what a difference it would make. And I thank God for what he's already doing in your lives. Thank God for the growth here in Wollongong. I thank God for what he's doing. So what does the Spirit do? He does all of those things. He enables us, he reminds us of who we are and whose we are. And he works in us. He challenges us. He equips us. He provides for us. He leads us. What I want us to do to finish this time now, we've got about 20 minutes. I want you to break into twos or threes or threes or fours, whatever you want to do, just small groups. And I want you to ask each other these questions. What impact or difference has the Holy Spirit made in your life? Share it with each other. Share about what the Holy Spirit, the difference that the Holy Spirit has made in your life. But also, what's the difference in your call because of the work of the Spirit? What do you see, the, what do you see God the Spirit doing in your call? And how do you see the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit at work in your call? You're the body of Christ, part of the body of Christ. What's the evidence that you see? And I also have some bags of Skittles here. I looked for boost bars. Uh, we don't make them in bags anymore, but because uh, I, I want you to give each other a boost. I want you to, to encourage each other. Like the box over there is fantastic. That's great. Do that as well. But I want you to encourage each other. So as you're sitting in, in groups of twos or threes or threes or fours, whatever you want to do, so answer these questions. But then before the time's up, before we race off to lunch, which is at 12.30 and we've got to be over there by 12.30, can you say something encouraging to the people in your group? Choose somebody and say, this is what I see. This is how I see the spirit working in, in your life. I want to just encourage you and thank you for who you are in Christ today and give them a bag of Skittles. It'll make their day, I'm sure of it. So we're going to pass the Skittles around as you're finding your groups and uh, I pray that uh, you'll be able to encourage each other and, 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 and remind each other, talk it up. Talk up what God's doing in your lives. Talk up what God's doing in your, in, your, in your call. Speak about what he's doing and encourage each other and then encourage, say something good about each other before you go to lunch. God bless you.